Hello and welcome to In Conversation With, a podcast from the Lancet Diabetes and Endocrinology. It's October 2021 and I'm Cahill McQuillan. This month, I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Zanjay Basu, Head of Clinical at Station Health, whose new cost-effectiveness and price target analysis for expanding access to newer type 2 diabetes medicines for people in low-income and middle-income countries is published in our upcoming issue. Zanjay, thanks so much for speaking with us here today. So just to uh, begin, if you wouldn't mind briefly explaining what you set out to achieve with your study and uh, what were your findings? Well, thank you for having me, first of all. What we set out to achieve with this study was to understand how we might improve access to newer diabetes agents in low and middle income countries. There are a few really promising new agents for treatment of diabetes sodium glucose cotransporter 2 inhibitors called SGLT2 inhibitors, along with uh, a number of other related agents, can not only help reduce uh, diabetes complications, but apparently also have some properties that help them reduce cardiovascular disease complications like myocardial infarctions and strokes. These are relatively newer to the market, and as a result, their prices tend to be high. But given the increasing prevalence of diabetes in low and middle income countries, we sought to ask the question of what prices might we be able to achieve that would help them be cost effective in those low and middle income countries, or even cost saving if the downstream cost of complications was taken into account. One of the reasons this is important is because at the time we started our study, they were under consideration for being included in the World Health Organization's essential medicines list. And actually just before the study came out, uh, they were in fact added on. And that implies that the costs could be negotiated in different ways by low and middle income countries and included in their national registries to help people access them more readily. And therefore, we need to know at what prices should national uh, departments of health start to believe that these are potentially cost-effective to include in their plans. So you mentioned in the paper that the prevalence of type 2 diabetes is increasing in low and middle income countries. Could you elaborate on this issue and explain why you think this study is important? The prevalence of type 2 diabetes has certainly been increasing rapidly from 2017, where the estimates were a little over 200 million people with diabetes overall, to uh, the modern day where it's thought to be just under 500 million people with diabetes, over 90% type 2 or what used to be called adult onset diabetes, and is thought more related to insulin resistance as opposed to due to uh, autoimmune uh, disease as we think as the predominant mechanism for type 1. And so this increase is largely attributed to a few key factors. One is aging. Globally, as people die less less commonly in childhood and make it to older ages, they have a higher chance of type 2 diabetes. But also that's accompanied by changes in global diet, physical activity and the like, which are related to an increased BMI and overall greater chance of insulin resistance. So in this context, treating diabetes in order to reduce its complications, the major causes of of death related to diabetes as a risk factor being cardiovascular, but also importantly for quality of life, reducing the microvascular complications 
uh, retinopathy, neuropathy, nephropathy. In that context, we need to know what are the optimal regimens to choose for different folks? Uh, what are the risks and benefits? And how can we afford uh, these medications in the context of increasing availability of newer agents? Perfect. Well, that actually leads perfectly into my next question. You uh, mentioned that generic brand drugs are essential for pushing down market prices and ensuring access to cost-effective cost medications. However, you also highlight that generic entry is country-dependent due to varying qualification requirements. How can low-middle-income countries get over this hurdle? There's a few different options for helping to reduce prices, especially at the consumer level in low- and middle-income countries. Um, certainly, as brand name drugs come off patent and generic drugs enter into the market. Uh, there's the opportunity for competition to reduce prices. There are other strategies as well, regardless of patents. Uh, one is bulk procurement. So enabling and using federal authorities at the national or even regional level in order to purchase large volumes and therefore reduce the unit price. Other strategies have been adopted from the HIV and tuberculosis literature and experience. These include parallel importation, which means allowing drugs to be imported from neighboring countries that are perhaps produced by generic manufacturers there or compulsory licensing, which means under a public health condition, one can license the drugs due to a profound public health need, uh, regardless of patents. And so there are a variety of tools that low and middle income countries have in, at their availability. The real question that we sought to answer is what, what price point would be reasonable given those country budgets, uh, given the budgets available to patients and given the benefits of the newer medications. Oh, thank you. So what, what led you to this subject matter and um, yeah, carrying out this specific study? Yeah, thanks for that. I think one of the frustrations that uh, we have in seeing the quality of diabetes treatment in low and middle income countries is that even as diagnosis improves, as treatment initiation improves, the availability of key pharmaceuticals remains limited in many areas. And to date, it's often been particularly limited in the oral medication space to metformin and sulfonylurea drugs. Sulfonylurea is, of course, have uh, quite a risk of hypoglycemia. And so in that context, it can be uh, increasingly challenging to treat people safely. And that's particularly true for food insecure folks. The rate of food insecurity, of course, being higher in low and middle income countries. And so hypoglycemia can be a major burden among other side effects. In addition, the cardiovascular disease risk can be quite high among many people with diabetes. And so in that context, SGLT2 inhibitors have a potentially additional benefit uh, beyond other oral meds for diabetes. And, and so thinking about health disparities and inequality in access to uh, these important medications has led us to carry out this particular study. So you did mention this earlier on, but uh, while you were working on the paper, the WHO added SGLT2 inhibitors and insulin analogs to their essential medicines list. What do you think the next step for this field is? And what does the next five to 10 years look like for expanding access to type 2 diabetes medication? I think the next step for this field in improving access to these essential medicines is to update and clarify guidelines for when these new medications can be used and should be used, 
among whom and with what considerations for personalizing medication regimens to individuals who may have varied risk factors and varied considerations from economic considerations through comorbidities. And uh, the guidelines are, are due for some updating in that context. I think in addition for expanding access to type 2 diabetes medications more broadly in low and middle income countries, uh, it's important to consider not just what's included in lists and in uh, templates and formularies, but what are the factors that lead um, all the way down to a patient being able to adhere to and benefit from a medication. In many low and middle income countries, there are numerous barriers from formulary to patient. These include, for example, the distribution channels and their reliability, the storage of medications, including insulins that may require refrigeration and the availability of refrigerators to, to patients or alternative ways in order to keep the medicine viable. And also the delivery devices in, in diabetes care in particular, we're uh, invariably frustrated by availability of uh, glucose strips and uh, the need for a generic form of those. And so these are all considerations that we have to come together around in order to help truly facilitate effective access to medication in low and middle income countries. Okay, perfect. Well, that's all the questions I have. Thanks so much for joining me. It's been, uh, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. You can read Dr. Basu's research online now at thelancet.com. Thank you to Dr. Basu and thank you for listening to this episode of In Conversation With. Remember, you can subscribe to In Conversation With, The Lancet Diabetes and Endocrinology, wherever you usually get your podcasts.